You were meant for greatness. Yes, you. No matter what your life looks like in this moment, one thing is certain. You already harness all the power you need to create the life of your wildest dreams. Your mindset is the key that sets you free. The money, the happiness, the balance, it's waiting for you. Hello and welcome to the Powerful Life Podcast where we talk about standing in the power of you. I am your host, Gwen Hammonds. I'm a mindset development coach, podcast host, thriving entrepreneur, and advocate for intentionally creating a life that lights up your soul. I specialize in coaching individuals, entrepreneurs, and sales teams through creating a balanced, highly successful, and soul-serving life by design. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and inspire you to embody your powerful life. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Powerful Life Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Ben Pruitt. Before I tell you about how dope Ben is, let me just give you a testament on the level of perseverance this man possesses. With all new things come new lessons, and as you can see, this is episode three, so podcasting is fairly new. I learned an absolutely unforgettable lesson while recording this episode with Ben. We recorded the entire episode, and when we were wrapping things up at the end, I noticed that I forget to I forgot to hit record. And yes, that was definitely a gut punch to us both. I immediately stopped him and told him that none of our work was recorded. And of course, in that moment, I'm sure internally he wanted to say, F this, I'm not recording another episode. But Ben said, you know what? Let's run it from the top. No blame, no shame, straight up perseverance. And aside from that, he had a hell of a good attitude about it. And he absolutely killed take number two. So you guys are in for some serious inspiration Ben is a personal trainer who has walked a wild journey to becoming the man that he is today. His purpose is to improve lives and make a mark on this world, but first he had to do that for himself. Ben and I met at a sobriety function a few years ago, and we've kept in touch here and there since then. I've had the pleasure of watching him on social media go from working his nine to five, saying this ain't it, and chasing his dreams to become a personal trainer. I have to be honest and tell you, he's someone that I've looked up to on my journey in becoming a coach. He's impressive, dedicated, and I'm truly honored to have him on the Powerful Life podcast today. All right, Ben, welcome to the Powerful Life podcast. I'm so incredibly excited for you to share your impactful story on this podcast today. Everybody listening is in for one heck of a surprise. Ben, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What is going on, Gwen? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for giving me this platform to share my story. Um, hopefully, I can inspire some people, but um, just wanted to introduce myself. Um, I am a 32-year-old um, online fitness coach, um, and I have a lot to talk about, but um, just really into self-improvement. Right now, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm really going after my goals. And my goal is to, you know, build my vision and share my vision so clearly that it inspires others to go after their vision without fear. So that's a, that's a little bit about me. And I'll, we'll get into the why throughout this interview. So 
Yes, your why is the golden nugget of this podcast episode. I'm so excited for you to share that with everybody. So we've talked a little bit before, and I know some of your journey looks like self-sabotage, addiction, depression, anxiety, finding your purpose in life, all of the fun stuff of becoming a freaking boulder in life. So why don't you share with everybody your process of becoming who you are? Well, where should I start, Gwen? You want me to start at the beginning? Yeah, I want you to start in the in the beginning. All right. So let's just talk about it a little bit. I'll go back to I'll go back to like childhood. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. So like when I was a child, right? I come from a really good family. My parents did a really great job. Um, my mom and dad, you know, they stuck it out together. They've been together for over like 35 years, have a great marriage, they have a great family. Um, my parents were always pushing me to be better. They did everything that they could to set us up for success. They like, you know, put us in private school, put us in sports, made sure that, you know, there was always, always one of them was around. And as much as we could see them together, um, they made sure that, you know, the presence of a two parent household, um, was felt, um, at all times. And so, with that being said, um, you know, they did so well for us, um, you know, and they wanted the best for us, obviously. But um, ever since I was young and like a little like a young, a young boy, like I was I went to private school um, and I just remember like in the private school, this was in the 90s. Right. So the school that I went to, like there was maybe only three or four other black people in the whole school. So like from the time I was young, I felt like I just stuck out like a sore thumb um, because I did. Like I was always just like the little black kid in school. And so I never really felt like I fit in. I had friends, but at the same time, I never felt like I was their equal, you know? Like, I mean, my parents did well, but a lot of their parents did really well. So <laughs> um, it was just like, I felt like I was always comparing myself to other people um, from a young age, trying to keep up with, with uh, the Joneses, if you will. So that was like something inside of me, just like a resilience inside of me that started at a very young age, just to like prove myself at all times, prove myself at all times, no matter what, like always wanted to be the fastest. You know, I always want to be the most athletic. You know, I felt like I had to be the most athletic. I felt like I had to be the strongest. I felt like I had to be the standout athlete. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just because, like, if I wasn't, then it would just look weird in my head. So, um, you know, I had these expectations of myself to be the best. And um, so... Uh, I remember like, I really was always into like sports as a kid. Like I just love sports, Um, but not necessarily so much like the actual game, but it was just more so like the actual, like the conditioning and the process of becoming skilled, like the practice. I loved practicing. I loved conditioning. I loved running um, and doing sprints after practice. Like I would always be the first always like there were not a lot of people who could outwork me um and I found that out at a young age I didn't really care to compete but I loved working out essentially 
you know, I loved running, loved doing push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, all that stuff since I was like a young, young, young kid. Um, like I would always get, always pass the presidential physical fitness test. I think I have like eight little certificates, <laughs> first through eighth grade, just always like getting it done. Um, so yeah, that was like, that was like me at a young age, um, always trying to prove myself, never really feeling like I had much of an identity, but feeling like, um, feeling like I always had something to, to prove if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know who I was. I just felt like I knew who, what other people's expectations of me were. So I felt like I had to live up to them. Uh-huh. Like, you know, so, um, with that being said, um, you know, I played sports all throughout like high school, obviously. Um, but I remember in high school, I found out that I really, 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 really had a passion for like weightlifting, strength training. Um, that was the only reason I played football was just so I could lift weights um, in a structured environment. Um, so I did that for four years, but didn't really care to play the game. So once we were done uh, with football, like around that time, that was the time where I didn't really have a lot of structure in my life. Obviously we're seniors in high school. So, you know, we're going to parties, you know, I'm introduced to alcohol, I'm introduced to drugs um, throughout high school. But during my senior year was when I was just like, well, I guess this is what I'll do since I don't really have anything else to do with my time. Um, so I started hanging out with, you know, the people who would smoke weed and the people who would drink on the weekends. And um, I was the one who couldn't stop after the weekend was over. I was the one who would like, you know, on Monday come to school saying like, hey, do you know where I can get some, like, just ask people like, hey, do you know where I can get some weed on like Monday at 8 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in high school like hey do you know where I can get some of that like I I need some more of that you got it like you know what I mean and um so you know I remember my friends would always tell me like man Ben you got like a kind of an addictive personality man like chill out I was like what you mean man I'm just chilling having a good time um little did I know that I was simply just trying to um fill a void inside of me, right? Um, I didn't feel like I had a purpose anymore. So keep in mind, right? I've been doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do, but I wasn't really doing what I knew to do, if that makes sense. I wasn't really following what I felt like I wanted to do. I just felt like, you know, this is the next logical step, you know, based on the social constructs, you know, or this is what my parents want me to do or this is what my teachers want me to do. Education was very important. So obviously I I applied to school and um, got into college. Didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do in college, but I knew that that was the next step. Like that's just what we did um, in my family. We just went to college. Um, And um, once I got to college, I'm skipping forward. But once I got to college, I just remember like all I really wanted to do was just like smoke weed mm-hmm. and chill, play Madden. I played a lot of Madden. I played more Madden than I did studying. Madden football. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> yes. My brother played that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I played it a lot. 
Like, so, um, yeah. And so that was just kind of my life. Like I wasn't there to learn because I didn't really feel like I didn't even have a major. Um, I was just going through the motions and, you know, I made some friends and I still have some friends to this day, um, from school, but, um, you know, most of those friends were just literally like using buddies, people that I would just get high with, um, people that I would just drink with, um, people that, you know, we would just party with and just kind of, you know, do nothing. We weren't really doing anything. Um, and that was kind of depressing, but I didn't really know that I was depressed at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew that I didn't have any direction. I felt lost. Um, you know, I'm 18, 19 years old in school. Um, and then, so that's like the first semester, all I really did was smoke weed. And I think I passed most of my classes barely, but you know, I got it done. But then when I came back, um, for Christmas break, that was a very pivotal moment. Right. So I was bored one night, couldn't get any drugs. So I started, this is when like people probably realized that I had like a, a problem problem. I just started rummaging through the medicine cabinet mm. and I just started like, I don't even know what I found, but it had like it was prescribed from a doctor <laughs> so I just took a bunch of it I didn't even know what it was I took a bunch of it because I didn't want to feel like I was feeling like I felt like I rather would have died you know I rather would have woke up dead uh -huh. than however I was feeling and then so whatever I took didn't really work it just made me extremely sick and um because <laughs> it wasn't a narcotic um so I got really sick and I was like yo mom I feel really sick dad I feel really sick I, and I just told him I was like I just took a bunch of pills because I wanted to feel different so they like took me to a doctor and um they told him what had went on obviously you know when you tell a doctor what what happened they're gonna like refer you to get mental health help help with your mental health and so I told them that I wanted to feel different that I would have and they asked me all the questions like do you ever think about killing yourself and I was just like yeah like and I was being honest you know I was being completely honest um and and um yeah I got submitted to a psychiatric ward unit for like 15 days mm -hmm. and um I was like 19 years old you know what I mean I was like the youngest person in there like you got all these people who are like well into life and I'm just this little 19 year old kid um, trying to figure out my life. Um, but I will say while I was in those, like in, in that environment, I felt, you know, for like the first time that I didn't have to like fake you know, I could just be extremely vulnerable that like, yo, I'm struggling out here, you know, like yeah. the, the thoughts that I have in my head are winning, like these negative thoughts are winning right now. And I could just be completely vulnerable. I didn't have to fake it. Um, I knew I wanted to do better. Um, but like, that was like one of the first times where I was just like, I felt super comfortable and I felt like I didn't have to worry about anything else except like getting my shit right in my head. So 
needless to say, uh, I went through that experience. And as soon as I got out, I forgot everything that I, that I learned and just went right back to doing what I was doing. Um, um, you know, because once I left the environment, it was just like, all right, time to put the mask on again. Mm-hmm. Um, time to put this mask on again, because like these people, they expect me to, you know, be this certain type of person. I need to, I need to mask my emotion. You know, I don't need to share anything that I'm feeling. I just need to be who everybody expects me to be. So I just went out, went back with my same friends, did what they expected me to do, um, you know, which was party with them, you know, um, went back with my parents, like did what they expected me to do, which was be rebellious. Um, and then, you know, I just kept doing that. I ended up going back to, to, to college after like six months and a summer. Um, but this time, instead of like weed, smoking weed all the time, I was turning 21. So I was able to buy alcohol. Like I didn't have to look for any mind altering substance. I had to make any calls. I could just go to the gas station and spend $8 on a small bottle of liquor. That'll get me through the day or night, whatever. So that habit started um, like pretty much as soon as I turned 21, um, just like, as soon as I got out to college, I started looking for like weed. As soon as I turned 21, um, I started looking for the, the easiest, the easiest thing to get my hands on and, um, drinking regularly, drinking a lot, getting belligerent. I'm at a tailgate, um, and I'm on my way to the game and I like grab for my ticket to go to the game. This is the homecoming game. Like we're playing the number one team in the nation, like for homecoming where we were actually had a really good team. I go in my pocket to grab my ticket and like, I've been partying so hard that I lost my ticket. Oh, so, so I was pissed. Like, <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Like I've been, I literally pre-game, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I pre-game, like for, for the day, all day, like from like sun up to like the, it was a night game. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was very upset and I started like going crazy and I lost my, like, I lost it and I ended up getting arrested um and I ended up getting called to the discipline advisory board and they showed me the videos of what happened and I was just like damn and they're like do you think that we should you know let you stay at school in my mind I was like absolutely not but I was just like yeah sure why not you know like why not like not a big deal and they're like, yeah, well, we don't agree with that. So we're going to remove you. So they expelled me from, from school. So um, again, keep in mind, like school was everything. Like education was everything for like me from a young age. So I'm not in the school anymore. Um, I'm like 21 going on 22. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. You know, I have charges, um, like, like legal charges against me. Like I'm 21. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I go back home. It's very depressing. And I just continued doing what I was doing. That put me in that situation in the first place. Um, I thought that I didn't really have a problem. I thought this was normal behavior. 
I was like, well, this just happens. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what, what kids do, right? But um, in fact, that is not what kids do. Uh- <laughs> what kids like us do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I um, ran through that that um, process and, um, you know, did some counseling, intensive outpatient therapy, all that. Um, but turns out like, I just didn't, didn't end up going back to, to college ever. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really sad. I was like, you know, 22. So from like 22 to like 25, like I was like running the, like running the streets, like with not the best people, you know, um, just doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, um, getting into trouble. Uh, I remember there was one span like of a week where I went to jail twice within seven days. Like it was one of those moments where they're like, Oh, you're back. Like a jailbird, like in and out, like, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, during that whole time, I think I got arrested four times um within like three years um that may not be a lot to some people but like that's more than anybody that that I knew that I grew up with you know what I mean so um so yeah that that was what I was what I was doing go ahead okay so during this time I am curious about like feelings like being so detached from purpose and being so detached from self like what did it feel like to be so resistant to what you're capable of being now? And how did it feel to be on such an opposite side of the spectrum? I mean, at the time, I think I just felt extremely hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I was depressed. I felt worthless as well. Not just hopeless, but like worthless. Like I let everybody down. Mm-hmm. And which is weird because if I, now that I'm saying it, it's like at the time, like the only reason I felt like I felt like a failure is because I felt like other people looked at me as a failure. You know, internally I was, I was so detached that I didn't really know what I was feeling. It's just, I knew I didn't feel good. You know, I knew that I felt like my, I felt like the way that I felt about myself was um contingent upon how people felt about me Ooh, that's deep so yeah codependent yeah so um yeah I was always trying to please people like and not taking care of Ben like I was not taking care of myself at all I don't think you know I'm I think I maybe exercised for like maybe three months out of like out of that time span like from the time I was like 22 to 25 I may have gone like three to six months of like intentional exercise obviously um so um I will say though like um yeah I just wasn't taking care of myself that's what it was I felt detached hopeless worthless I felt like I had to live up to other people's expectations of me. Um, and I didn't have any expectations of myself. Ooh, no just, expectations of yourself, damn. Yeah, just like make people happy. Uh-huh. You know, like try to make these people happy. Like try to make everybody around you happy. Like make it look like you're doing well at least. Uh-huh. Let people think you're okay. Lie to them. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Lie to them. They'll be all right. Like just lie to them. 
they probably don't believe you because they see you. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but lie to them anyway. So, um, and I was just living in this false reality of like, you know, saying everything was okay. I'm gonna be okay. Everything's fine. But when in fact, like everything was not okay, like, you know, I was doing cocaine every day, uh, wasn't paying my rent, um, wasn't doing anything I needed to do, wasn't eating. Um, I looked like shit, but I was telling every, everybody that everything was okay. And then on top of that, like I got um, my girlfriend at the time pregnant and I was like, everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, but once that happened, once, you know, she, she, um, I realized that she was pregnant, you know, I decided that I was going to, you know, at least give it a look, like make it look like I was trying to get my life together. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously like I didn't have a home at the time because I wasn't paying my rent. So I went to a sober living community um and I did that for several months got a job um got a car you know made sure that I could financially support a child but inside I didn't deal with anything you know I just dealt with the circumstances but this is kind of like the double-edged sword right um this is kind of what made me realize that I was like underperforming, but I also knew that I didn't really care um, because like I was at a point where I was like down and out and I would always like come out of it. I would like, you know, I got the job, like I was financially like better. I was in a better financial state. I was able to purchase a car, I was able to get an apartment. Like my son had clothes, he had food, but like to do that, like while half-assing, that gave me like this false sense of pride that I was like unstoppable mm -hmm. and that I could just like keep doing the things that I was doing and that I could like keep using drugs and still, and still, you know, um, like win. But every single time I would go back to using and I would lose everything right, right again. And I'd always like climb right back up and I'd start using again, then I'd lose it all again. I think I went through that cycle three times. <sighs> so you know, those were the feelings. Like it was, you know, depressed, sad, hopeless, worthless. But at the same time, on the opposite side, it's just like, you know, I can do anything, mm -hmm. including these drugs. But I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to accept the harsh truth of the fact that I couldn't live the life that I wanted while using drugs. Drugs were more important to me at the time. Right. So so you're going through this super turbulent time and you have a child and you're starting to wake up a little bit what was it like transitioning into uh getting sober in 2018 and really stepping into who you are so that took some time so he was born in 2014 and so but that was like when I really like decided like to start actually giving it an honest try and like I think I went to rehab four times in that in that um, time period one was here in Texas and the other three were out of state in Nevada but um it was hard um going in going out like um getting my life together and then being pulled back into the old lifestyle 
like caring about my progress and like doing all the steps I need to do to progress just to be just to be given some sort of wiggle room and then I would just put it all up my nose like you know what I'm saying like and I just fall flat on my face again um it was hard but every single time when I realized that it was time to stop I stopped um and I would go get help um and one of the things that I remember doing like every single time that of the three times where I went to this um rehab facility in Nevada um every single time the first thing that I would do is I would wake up really early because I couldn't sleep um and I would just go eat I would eat really good food like whole food like fruits and like grains I would fuel myself because for so long I had been putting like drugs in my body and, and I was having a very intimate experience with like drugs as my source of fuel. And like, that was what was like pushing me through the day. Drugs and alcohol was what was getting my body through the day. So I told myself, well, I have to consume something um, for energy essentially. And that's when I really started developing like a really good relationship with like nutrition and making sure that I was fueling myself properly every single time I would go um, and get clean, like the, I would go to the gym like every day, twice a day, cause they would have a little weight room there. I would work out, just take care of myself. You know what I mean? Um, and that would always get me like back on track, just getting in a routine of self-care. And I think um, Throughout those those four years, like 2014 to 2018, when I was really trying, like the common denominator was like every single time that I that I stopped like with fitness, when I stopped exercising, when I stopped eating clean, um, when I put my health on the back burner, um, I would always slip right back into the routine of using. So this last time that I went back in 2018, um, I remember I was on my way home. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to have like a couple more drinks and that's it. And so I had a, several and, but I remember my last one. I remember it. I was just like, this is going to be the last one. I'm like, this is going to be the last drink that I'm ever going to have. Like, I know I can't do this anymore. And so I got home. My dad picks me up. I'm visibly drunk. He's disappointed. He's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> what were you, you were just gone for a month and a half. You were just gone for six weeks and you're drunk. Like what happened? But I remember um, I went to their home. Um, they let me stay with them. My son was actually there with them. And he walks into the room and wakes me up. And he's just like smiling, like happy to see me. And like, that was like a moment where like a, a switch was flipped where I was just like, all right, like I got you from here on out. Like I got, I got me really. It was like, I have to be present because there's someone who actually cares about me that I actually care about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I actually care about this, this child in front of me. Like I care about being present for this child. So I have to be, I have to take care of myself. So I got up and you know, I spent some time with him and then I went to an AA meeting um, and I just went through it. I went through the process, went through the steps, got a sponsor and like just did it. Um, 
got clean, started taking care of myself, started exercising, um, started getting back on my job, like started performing well at work, standing out. It was, I was an exceptional employee. You know what I mean? Just doing the things that I thought I was supposed to do. Um, when I was like, every time I would like step outside the gym, I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do. But when I was in the gym, I felt like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I love this. Like, I love working on myself. I love getting better. I love growing. You know what I mean? This is so much fun. And um, some people may say I'm addicted to the gym. Um, but like the way I see it is, you know, from the time I was like, you know, 14, 15, 16, all the way up to the time I was like 27, like I was addicted to, you can call it drugs, but I'm going to say I was addicted to the process of self-destruction. Um, but now I think if you want to call it an addiction, I think I'm addicted to the process of self-improvement. That's really all I care about. I want to be the best version of myself because I've spent more than I, more time than I can remember doing everything to sabotage my life. And now in these last four years, I started working on myself, rebuilding a foundation. I've come so far. Um, so it's like now if I can continue to put that energy into being better for myself first, then I can actually be better for the people around me instead of just putting on this mask and this facade of like that everything's okay. I can be transparent with everybody because I'm connected with my emotions. I'm connected with myself. I know who I am because I'm going through the process of healing. You know, I'm going through the process of recovery. I'm going through the process of regeneration, self-improvement, self-love. You know what I'm saying? I think for so many years, since I was trying to live up to everybody else's standards, I did not love who I was. And now it's just like, not necessarily, I don't want to say like, fuck everybody else's opinion, but I got to do what's best for me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, your opinion is great and I appreciate it, but I'm going to do what's best for me. And, um, and I know what's best for me at this point. So, and ever since I started doing that, life's gotten really good. (laughs) Yeah, life's gotten really good. There's something that I really want you to touch on. Um, The analogy that you used of, you know, your routine back in your self-sabotaging days and replacing it with the routine that you now have in your self-improvement days and how important that is to do like replacement of habits. Oh yeah. So like, I think life's all about like the tiny habits, right? The little things that we do on a daily basis that either make us better or or not, I want to say better or worse, that either get us closer to our goals or further away from our goals, right? Uh So, I mean, I think back in the day, we'll just call it that, back in the day, you know, I'd wake up and I'd be like, well, I got to figure out a way to get high. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was like the first thought, like that was the first thought or drunk, or I don't want to feel how I'm feeling right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was like the first thing. So now it's like, I wake up and I'm just like, I love what I do every day. Like, I love who I am today. I love how I'm feeling. I feel great. I'm grateful for, you can see the affirmations on my wall back there. So, um, for those of you guys who are listening on the audio, I have like affirmations on my wall and, um, you know, just telling myself these affirmations on a regular basis, writing things down, um, 
what else do I do? You know, it's become so routine now that it's just like thinking about it. It's just, what do I do in the morning? Like, I, you know, I, let's just go through my morning routine. I wake up, you know, I check in with my, my coach, you know, I send them all my updates, my stats, let them know that I'm good. And then I eat, I feed myself, you know, used to be, I would wake up, find like the closest beer on the side of my nightstand and drink it to wake up like rent, like mouthwash, like with beer, like, you know what I'm saying? Wash my mouth out with beer. But now, um, you know, I'm putting fuel inside of me that like changes my chemical makeup for the better instead of like deteriorating me. And so like, that's the first thing It's like food, food and water is like, that's like the first thing, like putting that into my body, like putting food and water into my body. That's actually going to propel me through the day. Give me energy. That's going to help me connect deeper with what's going on inside of me on an internal level, instead of just numbing it. Like, cause I would just numb everything that was going on inside of me and like, just make my way through the day without feeling a thing. But now it's just like, I'm connecting. So food, that's the first, like after, you know, obviously I do the little things that I have to do, like food, food is everything. I love eating some good food. Um, I love feeling fueled up. And then obviously, um, like the exercise is massive, um, massive because, um, I think with me, I do like, know. I know that I like feeling different. I know that I kind of still seek like some type of like change within my body, but when I'm like training and I'm lifting heavy weights and I'm like breaking myself down just to build myself up. I love that process. Um, I love that process of just pushing myself to be better. That gives me that same type of rush that I would get like whenever I would, you know, go do drugs, you know what I'm saying? Just because it was like a quick, it was a change. Like it was just something that I was doing that made me feel different. Um, but what I'm doing now makes me feel actually more connected with myself instead of detaching myself from my emotions. So, and then of course, you know, um, writing down my habits, like connecting with people, like actually being vulnerable and available, sharing my story instead of the, just sharing my pity, um, like just being open and being a vulnerable human being has really helped me out a lot mm -hmm. over these last few years. I love the way that you look at it as in like you understand the way that your brain works in a way. And so you're finding habits that you can replace to work towards your goals and with your brain on the things that it wants to achieve and the things that it wants to do instead of like allowing its desires to make you run amok essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's and like that's Go ahead. That's dope and intentional. Right. Exactly. Cause like I mentioned, like, I just want to be better now. Right. I want to be better. And I know that if I start self-sabotaging again, it's a very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. It's just been proven, but it's also been proven that if I work on self-improvement, I, I can like run up that hill really fast, really fast. So I've seen it. I've seen it. So let's talk about you running up that hill. Cause you have ran about so it. far up that hill and I'm excited and proud of you. All right. So this is the fun part. This is the good part of the story. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So basically over the last few years, right. Um, I'd always luckily like 
I had always kept my job throughout, you know, the, these times in rehab. Um, every time I would come out of rehab, I would, you know, come back and just crush it because I worked, uh, it, my job was based on performance, sales, essentially metrics. So I would just come back, smash it immediately, you know, climb my way to the top of the leaderboard. But every single time I got up there, I'd kind of feel like shit. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel good about it. I was just like, I don't really like what I do. Um, I'm not really helping people. I feel like I'm more so inconveniencing people. And this isn't how I want to live my life. Like, I've always wanted to, like, there's always been something deep inside of me that's always wanted to help people become better. That makes sense. Um, but what I was doing was not that. Um, so um, at this time, I started documenting my fitness journey on Instagram. Um, and it was that was kind of weird for me at first doing it. But I just kept going because I felt like I was good at it. Um, I felt like I was starting to give out, you know, valuable information. I, well, I guess I was, but because people were telling me that, but in my mind, I was just doing what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I was just doing me and I was just showing it to showing it to Instagram. Like maybe I'll get a hundred likes on this photo. Like that was kind of yeah. like what I was like, maybe this will get a hundred likes. Oh, wow. This got like 50 likes. That's pretty cool. Like that was just cool to me. I was just like, all right, people like what I'm doing. This kind of gives me a little bit of sense of purpose or reassurance. And then, you know, I kept documenting and I kept talking and, you know, I kept like doing what I can to inspire people. I kept being vulnerable, you know, and then over time, you know, people would start to reach out and ask me how they can achieve like a certain goal. And I would give them advice. And, um, it worked. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, people were like, oh my God, I tried this and it worked. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But like, cause in my mind, this is just my habits. Like, this is just what I do. Like, this is just my life. So I'm like, well, that's crazy. Like, cause to me, like, it's just me being me, like me going, working out, eating clean, dieting, doing cardio. That's just what I do, you know? So, um, so the fact that like what I was doing was actually helping people, I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, people started asking me, hey, can you train me? And I'm just like, no, I don't do that. You know, like shying away from my vision, like, or my purpose really, you know? And then like somebody else would ask me, I'd be like, I really don't, I don't really know how to do that. You know, I just, it's just something I do. I don't know if I want to like put myself in a position to where, I actually have to be responsible for your success. Like I was scared of that power. You know what I'm saying? But um, over time, the more like the more people asked, the more people like would tell me, oh my God, like your story's so encouraging. Like I can't believe I would have never believed that you went through this experience and it's dope to see where you're at now. I'm just like, you know what? Like when it comes down to it like fitness, like, like God literally saved my life through fitness. Like God, like kept placing like fitness in my life since a, since I was a young, a young one, like since I was young. Um, and it's literally saved me every single time. So it's just like, well, if that, if God can do that for me at this level, and if people are asking, and if I know what to do, 
then I should probably do that. And then so um, someone finally reached out and they're like, hey, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to, um, I'm, I want to know what services you have to offer. And I was just, I made something up. Like <laughs> I, I just, I, I looked at the message and I waited like 10 minutes and then I just wrote something up and I was like, yeah, this is what I do. Uh, you know, it'll, it's this much and you get this and we're going to change your life. And he was like, okay. And then he went through the process and he transformed, like he transformed his life. Like, and I was just like, holy shit, like this is impact. Like this is impact. And I feel like I just helped someone. I feel like I just helped someone. And that's pretty cool. Like this is a totally different person that messaged me three months ago. Like he's in a completely different state. He looks different. His confidence is up. He seems happy. You know what I mean? Like he's just doing extremely well. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe I played a role in that. Not saying that I was responsible for it because I'm not, you know, but I played a role in that. And that makes me feel good. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people become better. Because mm-hmm. I love, I love the process of improving myself. So let's help others. Yeah. You should see, you were talking about how like that process lit everything up and changed him. You should see the difference between your composure when you speak. And then when you speak about results that you're giving to people. And when you speak about your job, like this is what you are meant for. And it shows all over your face and it just shows in your words. And you know, the journey of you stepping into that first package and then you quitting your job and putting all your energy into that. I know that definitely took some mindset work. And why don't we talk about that? Yeah. So the mindset work, right? So I think when it comes down to it, uh, scarcity versus abundance, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times when we look at our visions, it can scare us into thinking, well, there's not enough out there for me to do to do that, like so many people do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't do it. Like it's, it's limited. It's a super saturated market. All these little bullshit excuses that you come up with to talk you out of your dreams. But um, <laughs> I remember I was just kind of scrolling through the internet and it was this, some, somebody was trying to sell their mentorship program. And I was just like, you know what? I'll watch this free seminar, whatever. I know it's a sales pitch, but I'll watch it. But like the value that they dropped in it, I was just like, yeah, um, I have to be abundant. I have to think in abundance. Like there's, there's enough out there for everyone. And at the same time, I was watching what he did and I was taking notes on how he was like speaking and like selling and all that stuff. And I was just like, you know what? Like this man wants me to, like this man inspires me to go get a mentor. Like, and so I went and found somebody to help me out. Um, but it was that shift from like, you know, scarcity to abundance just knowing that it was that there was more to life um than sitting at a desk you know making promises to people that I couldn't deliver on and um so I decided that I would make a promise to myself to deliver to myself um and so that way I could deliver to other people um so uh I think in 2020 obviously after the lockdown, like, you know, that really fired me up because I saw that there were so, because I saw so many people who were still continuing to like thrive 
even though the world had been shut down. And I was like, okay, so that type of life is possible. And instead of being like a hater and like hating on people because they had more than me or hating on people um, because they were doing what I wanted to do, I just started congratulating people, Aww. like people that I saw. And I was just like, I would just send people like random people, like other like fitness coaches and other trainers. I just messaged them like, hey, man, I really see you doing your thing. That's awesome. Whatever. You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, man, I can't believe that. I should be doing that. Like that was the mindset before. It's like, I should be doing that. But at first I started just accepting the fact that other people were doing it and winning. And that made me think of like, well, if other people are doing it and if I can celebrate other people, then that's going to open the door for me to, um, or for more blessings to come to me. So I um, started, like I said, I started appreciating. I didn't hate, I, it's like, you know, they say don't hate, appreciate. Yeah. I literally stopped hating. I started appreciating what other people were doing because that was what I wanted to do. And so it went from, I should, I should be doing this or why do they have that? And why don't I have this to, well, I can do that too. Scarcity to abundance. Um, and um, so yeah, like I said, I, um, I went for it. Like um, in November of last year, I like went all in, I invested in mentorship because I knew that, you know, I could like, you know, I knew I could get it back. Like it wasn't a huge risk. Mm -hmm. It was just what I was going to do. And I did it. And, um, you know, since then um, we went from one client to like over 30 clients. Um, and then you know, I quit my job in February, um, just without a plan B. I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And I've been figuring it out ever since. And it's been really good. It's been fun. It's been a process. It's been a learning experience. I've enjoyed every step of the way. Um, but I think it really comes down to like me uh, writing the vision down, um, right? I think whenever I got clear on what I wanted my vision to be I um, started walking in my power in order to fulfill that vision I think it's super important for everyone like no matter what your vision is build it so clearly like be very clear about it and then be able to illustrate it so other people can see it and allow what they see in you to spark a vision inside of them and give them the confidence to go after it. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's what it is. Cause somebody did that for me. And um, so <laughs> like, if, if someone can do that for me, then it's only right that, you know, I walk in my purpose. Um, so maybe somebody, I can help one person. Maybe one person will see me and like, like I can do that too. Mm -hmm. And they can become the best version of themselves. Yeah, I can say that definitely I am one of those people who have seen that mission and that vision and just thought like, I know that took guts. Like I know that that took so much guts. And on my journey of starting this podcast and becoming a coach, I, I dead serious that I have looked at your stuff and thought like, hell yeah, there's another person out there that did it and I can do it too. So like, I know that you're inspiring way more than just one person. And that's really awesome that that's your mission. Uh, question, if you would not have stood into the bin that you are today, what are some things that light your soul up that you would have missed out on? 
um you know when i get a message right from someone like oh my god like dude i just dropped like 10 pounds and i feel confident and i'm happy with myself like this is i I feel like a better version of myself like i'm eating better i i'm just a all-around better person that lights me up you know like when someone tells me that they start to understand health and nutrition and they start to understand their body and how their body's going to respond from the way that they put in, you know, certain nutrients into it. And then they do a certain exercise. And like, I finally connected on this exercise. I feel it now. Like, and then, then whenever they're able to like, tell me, Hey, I'm going to eat this today. Does this fit? And I'm just like, yes, that fits. You get it. Like you're learning. And it's just like, wow, like we're doing it and you are winning. Mm-hmm. like just seeing people like make that change from I think a lot of times like we take our health for granted right I did um so it's like as long as we're not dead right as long as we wake up as long as we feel good or feel like we're not sick then we don't really put a lot of care most people don't put a lot of care into like what they put in their body and how they like take care of themselves um because there's so much going on and like we just put ourselves on the back burner our health on the back burner um but once we start to realize that we have like this intimate experience like with ourselves you know like with what we put in our bodies and like when we are able to unlock like our true potential of our body and our mind connection that's what lights me up mm-hmm. seeing that happen in other people so that's beautiful what is one change that has happened in your life internally that lights you up that you would have missed out on if you wouldn't have changed internally yeah just with you i mean i i think it has to go back to like that like just that switch from like scarcity to abundance like Mm -hmm. that that's the one like where you know i was living so scared um that i wouldn't allow myself to you know seek out my vision you know seek out my full potential so just a being aware that there was more out there and believing in myself enough to go after it. That's the biggest change. Like, like I said, like you got to build that vision. Yeah. So clear, share it, Mm -hmm. illustrate it, you know, spark a vision within other people. Like that's the biggest thing. It's like, you have the power to make an impact. That's, that's what it is. You can't be afraid of that impact. The powerful life. You definitely illustrate that to a T. If there was one thing that you could tell people who were wanting to stand in their power while listening to this, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, whatever you want for yourself, like the biggest thing you can do, honestly, write it down, like expand on it, expand on it, make it so clear to yourself that um there's nothing that anybody can tell you that can make you feel any different about your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. Uh, I remember whenever I was getting into this, like there were many doubters are like, do you think that's going to work? Is this sustainable? I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it is like, because I had a clear goal. I had a clear vision. So be so clear about what it is that you want out of life, that there's nothing that's going to stop you and that, but you have to be relentless in the pursuit of it. Cause there's yeah. going to be ups and downs. There's going to be um, trials and tribulations. There are going to be times when you're just like, feel like you're getting beat up, but just keep going, be relentless. 
I love that. That's honestly like, I think the number one key of making shit happen is knowing it, feeling it and acting upon it and not letting a damn thing stop you. So thank you for that piece of information. I'm going to stick that in my little bank. And is there anything else that you would like to share with anybody listening today? Um, any other piece of advice that I want to share? Or just anything that you want to share? Anything on your heart? When it comes down to it, yeah. Like, I think each of us as individuals, we have the power to make an impact um, on someone's life. Don't be afraid to be the most genuine version of yourself. Um, because being the true version of yourself could, in fact, change the way that somebody else lives their life. Be a light. Let that shit radiate. You know, there's going to be times when people think that your light is like trying to burn them, like, you know, but just let your light shine. Be you. Let your light shine. Be you. Let that shit shine. I love the way you said that. Word. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to get on here and share your story from beginning to end of all of the things that you've been through. Be so vulnerable, actually like show people the struggle has been real. And it's definitely something that you can overcome through your mind and perseverance. This was a beautiful testimony of a powerful life. Ben, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Powerful Life Podcast. If there's a topic that you're interested in hearing about, click on the link tree in the episode description to send me a DM via Instagram. Have a wonderful week, and remember, your mindset is the key that sets you free.